Hey Jeepers on this week's XJ Talk Show, Josh takes a time out to deal with some technical issues, so the one, the only, Jeep Mama fills in. Jeep's trying to figure out how to pay for the next-gen Wrangler, and one of Chrysler's greatest minds has passed away. We have voicemails, reviews, and some YouTube blog to share. Steve has new Jeep tips and talks about first aid kits when you're off-roading. Jeep Mama not only hosts the show, but we hear part five of Jeep Mama Evolution. All that and more on the next XJ Talk Show. Detours USA, custom builds for various makes, models of vehicles, all original designs, and all made right here in the USA. Visit Detours USA for more details. That's DetoursUSA.com. The XJ Talk Show is for entertainment purposes only. Any advice or information provided on this show should be verified by alternative sources prior to making any changes or modifications to your vehicle. We are not experts, just people that enjoy the Jeep hobby and don't mind talking endlessly about it. P.S. We love you. Welcome to the XJ Talk Show. You're listening to the premier podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-road adventures, tips that you can use, and interviews with people in the off-road industry. And now, here are your hosts, Tony and Josh. First week in The problem with making the next generation Wrangler, you'd think they'd have all the bugs worked out by now, wouldn't you? But no, with massive and stupid EPA regulations and a market demand for the greenie weenie to be shoved into the essence of anything with a motor nowadays, the future has been a little cloudy for the next generation Wrangler. We've talked quite a bit about some of the never-before-seen design changes the new Wrangler may have to endure before it's brought to production. Independent four-wheel suspension, aluminum body, smaller, smaller power plants. Oh yeah, it's just a field of daisies and butterflies. The bottom line is Jeep just doesn't have the money on its own to make this happen. I truly believe that Fiat Chrysler Automobile CEO Sergio Marchione would prefer to write a big check and keep the next generation Jeep Wrangler in its historic home in Toledo, Ohio. So what is the problem then? We've heard all year about how Jeep is having record-breaking sales and profits are on an all-time high. People are loving Jeep and it shows. Here's the issue. There's not much wiggle room right now in the old corporate checking account. One brand under the FCA umbrella, Alfa Romeo, is in its early stages of a $6 billion makeover to get back into the game and start contributing. Oh, can't wait for that. I don't think there's a checkbook big enough to make that happen, but I digress. Put the number in perspective. If this were a family budget, the Alfa makeover isn't putting your preteen daughter in braces. It's declaring that she's going to be a doctor and prepaying her tuition to Harvard Medical School before she's out of seventh grade. Meanwhile, across the border in Canada, FCA will pay over $2 billion out of pocket to overhaul the Windsor Assembly Plant and its minivan lineup. It will do so with no governmental financial assistance. An unheard of rarity in this day and age. Because in a little agreement with Canadian politicians, FCA withdrew its request for hundreds of millions in tax breaks and chose to go it alone. Good for you, Chrysler. Oh, sure, you make those kind of smart decisions, but you can't name the new Cherokee something else? Okay, whatever. So what's the solution? This is where you got to get creative. 
There is some help available from unusual sources to help Marcion make this happen. One idea is to essentially repeat what former Chrysler boss Tommy Lasorda did in the early 2000s when he needed to expand the Wrangler production and had no money to do so. No, he didn't hit the street corner in his best leggings. Lasorda turned into suppliers who built the factory he needed in return for operating agreements still in place today. Such arrangement worked once. Could it work again? The other option, this is the one that I really like, would be for the FCA to sanction and actively participate in an annual Jeep festival in Toledo, opening up the plant for regular tours, for example, and turning the historic Jeep factory into an off-road track. Doing so would open up extra, an extra pot of availability, available incentive money. Yes, yes it would. Such a festival would draw the Jeep faithful to the city annually by the thousands, boost local tax revenues, and allow the city and state to bond with long-term revenues into upfront cash that could be used as an incentive to keep the Wrangler at home. Will it work? Time will tell. We will, of course, keep you up to date here on the XJ Talk Show. Public relations mastermind for Chrysler dies at the age of 63. Tom Kowalowski, who held the key communications job for Chrysler, General Motors, BMW, and most recently Lincoln, died last Tuesday. Kowalski is best remembered for being one of the masterminds behind the wildly successful Chrysler press conferences in the 1990s. It was Kowalski along with Chrysler Communications Chief Steve Harris and Marketing Vice President Bud Liebler who planned such publicity stunts as the Jeep Grand Cherokee introduction. That's right, all of you Jeep history buffs. This is the man who came up with the idea on how to present the very first ZJ to the world at the Detroit Auto Show in 1992. The plan was this. The ZJ drives from the factory down Jefferson Avenue. Tons of aerial footage and lots of action shots. There's a police escort and the whole nine yards. Once at the auto show, the ZJ drops down into four low and climbs the concrete stairs in front of the building, then crashes right through a giant plate glass window and takes center stage at the Detroit Auto Show. It was a huge success. Other such marketing strokes of genius was dropping a redesigned Ram pickup from the ceiling a year later. The stunts added a dash of show business to the auto show and propelled Chrysler off the business page onto the front page of every newspaper and TV TV evening news. Kowalski said, In a 2013 interview with Automotive News that was published in January of 2014, we started to build a broader audience than the automotive and business media who would cover the industry 365 days a year. This, of course, was right on the cusp of a 24-hour news cycle. He played his cards right. Chrysler, and more specifically, the Jeep brand, are one of the highest-selling vehicle brands on the planet. And I think it's safe to say that some of that is thanks to Tom Kowalski. If you guys would like to check out the whole video of the debut of the Grand Cherokee in the, in the vision of Mr. Kowalski, we'll have a link to the YouTube video over at the xjtalkshow.com. Hey, keep up the great work and keep those news tips coming and stories coming in, guys. Big thanks to John, pre-runner 1982, for submitting these stories. If you would like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep, or if you have a response to any one of our stories, please give us a call or send an email to newstips at xjtalkshow.com. And no, you guys are not uh, not seeing Josh in the midst of any kind of uh, operational uh, change or anything. This is Tammy. You know her as Jeep Mama uh, from the blog. And uh, uh, she uh, is stepping in for Josh tonight because uh, Josh has one 
really old, sad laptop. And guess what, guys? It died, and he can't do the show. <laughs> so, so Tammy Uh-oh. jumped. So Tammy jumped in to help us, and uh, she'll be here all night uh, helping us. Great job, Tammy. Thanks for uh, jumping in there, especially at such short notice. No problem. Maybe Josh is at Best Buy. <laughs> no, he's not. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJTalk. Take XJTalk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJTalk fix. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash xjtalkshow. Yeah, we really appreciate the one person that's uh, taken us up on that offer in the last six months. <laughs> Actually, I think there's been more than one, but something uh, there's some shenanigans about, I believe. No, there, something happened. They didn't click something right or something like that, but we didn't get credit for it. But uh, we guys, we really appreciate it when you go over there and uh, and sign up with Audible.com on their free trial. We get a little something, something for the show. And even if it doesn't go through the way we would like for it to go through and we get our little $15 uh, uh, fee, uh, we appreciate you thinking of us. Same thing whenever you go over to uh, Amazon.com and uh, purchase something uh, in our name. So uh, this is the little part portion that we do where we introduce ourselves to our new audience. And uh, I'm Tony, and this is my co-host, Josh. Gee, mama. Here's my... <laughs> Yeah, my little tag because we didn't. I didn't have time to to set up her own her own title bar. So it says Josh uh, Northwest ninety nine XJ, which is strange because he's on the East Coast, uh, and uh, but that's his name and uh, that's his title bar. And uh, uh, Tammy's filling in tonight. So uh, you guys know um, if if you don't know about us already, uh, we're here because of the premier internationally uh, uh, sought after by uh, Republicans everywhere, the XJ Talk Show, or XJTalk.com, and of course, XJTalkShow.com is where you can uh, go and sign up for uh, our shows and see past shows, whether it be watching them on YouTube, uh, which you can see right there on the site, or uh, listening to some of the audio uh, uh, sections. So you can also follow us on Twitter at XJTalk. Uh, Facebook, uh, we'd really like to have you guys... uh, like our page, uh, it just makes us feel very Sally Fieldish. Uh, Facebook.com slash xjtalk.page. It's funny how your self esteem is based on your likes. Oh, of it's course. It's like, oh, somebody liked me, and you're in a good mood that day. <laughs> you really, really like me. So um, now, you guys, if you're here at the live show or you're watching our YouTube video, that's really only the like the value add of the, the podcast. The, the main meat, if you will, of the podcast is the audio podcast. That comes out every Monday, uh, midnight central time. And of course, that's the one you probably want to, uh, to really uh, make sure that you get by going over to iTunes and subscribing because that's the one you can listen to back and forth to work every day. I know that's what I do. 
I don't go back and forth to work. This is my work. Well, then you ha- you have so eight, I listen to it here. You have a good solid twelve hours of uh, of, yes. of listening a podcast available to you, Tammy. So you're very fortunate. <laughs> of course, there's some folks that uh, don't have to interact with people at work very much, and they can uh, listen to podcasts. It's uh, podcasts as well. So, uh, Tammy, tell us a little bit about yourself since you're uh, you're new here to especially to the co-host role. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom been stay-at-home mom for 15 years. I Before that, I was in television news. I was a news photographer um, and assignment editor. I ran the newsroom. And then um, I got pregnant and started to raise a family. And about uh, two years ago, I got bit by the Jeep bug and bought myself a Sahara. And today you'll find out in a little bit on Wrangler Talk what happened to the Sahara. Um, and I go off-roading now, and I have a great time with that. And I just went this past weekend. Um, and I just, right now, i just trying to find a job to get back in the workforce. It's kind of hard after 15 years. Oh, I didn't realize that you were, you were looking for work. Yeah, my kids are older, and, you know, they don't need me as much anymore. So, um, you know, I'm blogging, um, but that doesn't, you know, buy milk or potatoes. So I'm... I have no idea what I'm going to do because I'm definitely not going back into television. I was just going to say, I was wondering if you go back into television. See, I think that would be a lot of fun. Of course, the hours might be really squirrely. Right. And that's, you know, the hours are the time where I need to be home with the kids. So right. maybe I'll go bag groceries at the grocery store or something. Plastic or paper? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Actually, here, you, they don't, you know, you have to bring your own bags or they charge you five cents a bag. Gee whiz. Oh, well, there's always room in Texas, Tammy. Always room yeah. in Texas. <laughs> That's where my son wants to move to. Oh, really? Oldest. Why is that? Yep. Uh, it's a political thing. I don't even want to get in there. Oh, he's, my goodness. His um, social studies teacher last year, just, I don't know. So anyway, he wants to move to Texas. I think he feels like he has more freedom there. That's maybe. where his, his calling is. Okay, that sounds yep. good. Well, let's get over to our voicemails before we get, because Josh is rolling his eyes because he knows I want to uh, get, he knows I want to get political. He, <laughs> he knows I want to talk about politics. I always want to talk about politics as long as it's the right one. All right, so let's get to our voicemails. We got a bunch of them this week, and uh, thank you very much to you, all of you that called in. And, uh, you know, more of you need to call in. We, we really enjoy these voicemails, and I think our audience does too. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hi, this is Joe. And you guys wanted our thoughts on a hybrid Jeep. And I'm driving a hybrid car now, and I'll give you my opinion. I've got almost 100,000 miles under my hind end uh, behind a hybrid that people engineered, and I think the Jeep could be very useful with it, but here's my thoughts. I would call my car a cat. It has its own opinion, and sometimes I don't agree with it very well at all. Sometimes... I just hate it, but it does get decent mileage, and it does give it a boost of power. So here's my thoughts. The only thing that I think Jeep should do with hybrid is they should put a humongous battery somewhere that weighs nothing. They ought to have a switch, a three-way switch, 
One for nothing but power boost, nothing at all, and then a fuel economy switch for those days that you are almost out of gas and are trying to get home when you're nearly empty and nowhere to get fuel. That way, you can boost your power when you need it, dump it off when you don't, and then, in a pinch, you could, you know, fuel mileage your way back in. Otherwise, forget it. These people that design the hybrids now, they must think we're idiots. I mean, I grew up, I know how to lock up and unlock them, and I like self-locking differentials. I like transmissions that shift with a clutch and a stick in the floor, and it's just ridiculous having to mess with the thoughts of somebody else trying to tell you how to drive a car, and that's what hybrids are today. So that's my opinion, and I hope you guys are having a great day, because even though I'm driving a hybrid, I'm headed home to my Jeep. So you all have a wonderful time. <laughs> well, Joe, uh, I think you better let, let everything out, because uh, if you keep holding everything in, you're going to get an ulcer. Now, uh, speaking of political, uh, the Democrats are like hybrid cars, or the people that build hybrid cars. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. So uh, that's very entertaining, and i got to tell you, that when I first listened to this voicemail, when I was going to edit it, uh, Tammy, and I heard Joe talking, I thought, uh-oh, this is going to be trouble. I need to listen to this whole thing and, and bleep the words out of it. But no, it was clean. It was very yeah, concise. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, very entertaining. Thank you very much, Joe. And uh, I don't think Joe's ever called in before. And uh, we really appreciate uh, all our callers, but especially you guys that uh, uh, jumped the shark and uh, call in that first time. So thank you very much. So we got another one here, uh, and this one's from Craig. And I, again, I don't recall if, if Craig's called in before, but let's see if we can remember. Hey, guys, this is Craig up in Washington. Not an XJ owner, but a ZJ owner. Still have the same Dana 30 woes as everybody else. Just listening to the last episode regarding the uh, broken U-joint, and here's how I have combated that. <clears throat> Take one of your piles of uh, broken stub shafts, and take a grinder, a torch, whatever, and cut off the yoke ears and use it as just a dummy, you know, stub shaft to hold the unit bearing together. And then in my tool bag, I keep some expandable rubber soft plugs that fit in the end of the axle housing. That's <clears throat> never caused me a problem. I slide it in there, use my half-inch wrench, you know, and expand it to make a seal so it doesn't lose all the oil. And then I put the uh, stub shaft in and done and done, it gets it home. Uh, look, look forward to uh, to to hearing next week about the comments. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, you know, I was watching a uh, episode of uh, Extreme Four by Four, the Power Nation uh, uh, crew. Actually, I think it was uh, Power Block back when I saw this, but I saw uh, Ian Johnson doing that same thing, and I thought about that after last week's show. Whenever uh, Josh and I were talking about uh, his uh, his broken uh, axle shaft, and uh, I had made the comment about getting a. Uh, uh, a two-wheel drive uh, wheel bearing assembly, a, a used one to get you back home. But but there was that problem as far as having the axle tube open and uh, you leak, leaking out your differential fluid. Of course, it's going to damage the ring gears as they, they heat up with uh, without the proper lubrication. Yeah, those little ex- expandable rubber plugs. You know, I, I wish I knew the, what episode that was. I'd like to go back because I'm wondering if it's not one of those freeze plugs because they make the uh, freeze plugs that are expandable like that. They're rubber. They got two pieces of metal and you squish them and the the rubber gets big and seals up the hole. So I don't know, but a great tip, uh, Craig. Thank you very much for uh, calling in and sharing that with us. And now we have Joe again. 
I have no idea what he's going to be talking about. Well, I, I, I can. Do you listen to it? Yeah, I listen to it. It's. Uh, I think Joe's changed his mind about his uh, his first voicemail. So let's uh, let's hear it. And I'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Hi, Josh and Tony. This is Joe again, and I left a <laughs> message about the you know electric Jeep, and uh, I slept really good last night. I've gotten up and I had four eggs and oatmeal and I'm drinking my coffee now on my commute to work in my hybrid and I just thinking about the hybrid Jeep and I'm going to change my mind. I think that it should not be hybrid just because I just think the Jeep should be an off-road vehicle. I just don't think they need to be a commuter vehicle that people try to get milk and gas mileage out. They can get a Prius or uh, <laughs> something else if that's what they want. That's what I do. I just don't want to mess up my off-road vehicle. So, change my opinion. Hope you all are having a great day. Bye. <laughs> that's cool. He thought about it. I wonder if it was the sleep or the, the eggs and the, the oatmeal. Eggs. Was it the eggs? That's a lot of eggs. Probably the eggs. That's uh, a lot of protein. Joe, if I could, I would recommend cutting that the number of eggs down from four to two and then throwing in four strips of bacon. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys realize it or not. I'm going to get political again. The reason why hybrids vehicles came out at all was because the government is trying to get us used to the idea of hybrids because the aliens are here and they're creating hybrid human beings. So... Remember, you heard it here first. So we got one, <laughs> speaking of tinfoil hats, we got uh, one more uh, voicemail here. And uh, of course, you know, I know you guys were concerned that Nikki G wasn't going to be on the show this week, but nope, he's here. And he he's called in so much, he's not sure if he's already called in yet. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I can't remember if I called in this week or not. So <laughs> I'm saying the same thing twice, but... You should be used to stuff like that by now. So, My grandmother yeah. used to do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a few weeks back, or a few months back, I was listening to some podcast, and uh, somebody called in and uh, suggested that next time somebody's tailgating you, don't check the brakes. Just uh, take your foot off the gas and just slowly slow down, and uh, the person will drive around you. Well, the other morning, I got... When he got quick called into work, I had a driver into work. About four thirty in the morning, we're driving on the highway. We're the only people on the road, and uh, sure enough, out of nowhere comes this car flying up. So I just take my foot off the gas, and we slow down from sixty-five, fifty-five, and then down to fifty, and so on and so on. And somewhere between forty-five and forty, the blue lights came on. So uh, the only thing worse than uh, standing on the side of a road in your pajamas taking a sobriety test and listening <laughs> to Wendy complain the rest of the trip there, and why can't I just drive like a normal person? <laughs> and uh, I think I called this in because I was getting deja vu. So anyhow, if not, just pick the best one. Or if this is the only one, then I guess you don't really have much of a choice. I guess you just not air it all together. That's up to you guys. <laughs> all right, I'll see you guys. Good work, and I'll catch you guys later. You have a good one. Bye. 
So, you know, I think this is a common issue, Tammy, and you can confirm this uh, for me, that it doesn't matter what you do, how you drive, your wife is always going to ask you, why can't you drive like a normal person? Even one, even from a lady that goes off road, I bet you still say, why can't you drive like a normal person? My question to you is, in a lesbian relationship, which one says that to who? Well, you know, I think it's no matter who is in the passenger seat, they would always say it. To, a good, well, good answer. That's a good that's answer. Just, that's I, just the way I, it is. I think the two lesbians would go, what about you? You don't drive like a normal person. No, you don't drive like a normal person. Now they have fun and entertainment for at least 15 minutes. I'm not going anywhere further with that joke. That's as far as I'm going. It's a family show. Draw the, draw the line. <laughs> so now, folks, it's, uh, it's uh, sadly uh, or happily, it's time for some of that YouTube love. So as you know, we uh, like to welcome our YouTube subscribers. We've got over 733 subscribers now. I know that kind of wow. sounds I know that kind of sounds lame when you look at some of the other big YouTube channels out there, but you know, we're, have like 12. we're yeah, we're tickled to have 12. So that's fine. 733 is wonderful. Over 207,000 views. And uh, what's strange is we've got 300,000 videos, so there's a few that's not going to watch. Anyway, the uh, the first one on our list, the first YouTube subscriber, I'm going to take easy one <laughs> rob uh, yeah rob w no i you, i should have taken the first two the second one is martin bill oh that's not bad and no. this is the one this is the one you were talking about earlier so this yep. i'm gonna steal it from you it's sneakers <laughs> and then m shrill gesundheit so uh <laughs> Don't forget to go over to youtube.com slash xgtalk and subscribe for, uh, well, shenanigans like this. Wait a minute. You're not Josh, but you can make a hell of a fire so you can stay. <laughs> uh, I, my son teaches me Boy Scout fire way. Well, it uh, it works well. So, uh, yep, yep. Uh, well, you know, uh I don't think we talked about earlier what, what you were going to talk about. No, we did. You, were, you had a couple of things you were going to talk about. They're just not in the show notes. So no, you, you go ahead and start. I've been doing all the talking. I've, been, I've actually been uh, playing the, the part of Josh tonight by doing all the talking. Ha-ha. Um, well, I guess you said mention you know, what you're doing with your Jeep, and I've got a couple things going on. Um, extreme Terrain, and you showed one of these last week, sent me two of these. Oh, yeah. Josh has those. Yeah, and I was trying to plug it in with my extension cord, but that didn't work. But anyway, um, I'm kidding. Yeah. Some people thought I was serious <laughs> with that. I took a picture trying to plug it in with the extension cord on my blog, and some people thought I was serious. Anyway, I was stressing about where to put these, so I think I finally decided where I was going to put them, and I'm just waiting for some more parts to come in. I'm going to put them on the A-pillars. Um, and yeah, then, see, that's where you wanted to put them, and everybody was telling you I, to put them down low. But right. you're going you're gonna to be showy. You're going to have them up high. That's fine. It's your Jeep. That's what you should do. And you know, I don't even know why I ask people because I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. The other thing I have to do, but I'm kind of nervous about doing, and it's all these different little parts here. And it's, um, it's a hood latch to keep from getting the, what is it called? The Not the wobble. Not the death wobble, but... The hood flutter, which I've never experienced it yet. Anyway, this company in Minneapolis or Burnsville, Minnesota, 
sent it to me off-road only but i have to drill into the hood oh, and into the yeah into so i don't know i'm kind of hesitant about that one just do it and, I know. Just because you've only made three payments on the Jeep doesn't mean it shouldn't have some holes drilled to it. Just drill some holes in it. <laughs> and the other thing is, you know, oh. I didn't get to use it this weekend because I didn't have it all the way installed. What? But, uh, um, that's a Cobra, isn't it? Uh, what model is that? It's the um, Cobra 25 Limited Classic. I think a lot of people use those. I had a, a Cobra 148 GTL, I believe, which was... Uh, gosh, must be twenty years old. But looked, they they haven't changed the face on them. They look, it looks a lot like no, that. It, it reminds me of the one my dad used to have when we used to travel a lot. Um, but I cheated again. I'm a big cheater when it comes to jeeping. I guess. Um, I got this, and I'm just going to plug it in to my cigarette lighter for now till I decide where I'm going to mount it. Well, that makes sense. And, and, yeah, and, and, you, and you know, when you're out on the trail, you don't need all the power from the battery anyway. You just need a couple of watts to talk to the people that are close by. So it should be fine. Yeah, because I'm not going to be tr- talking to truckers or anything. I'm oh, God, just going to no. talk to the person, you know, in front of me or back of me, which, you know, what? It's not that far. Well, when you're so. off the trail, maybe, you know, what is it? Maybe two or three miles. I don't know that uh, you said it in your, uh, where's that place that you've been going to? Roush Creek. It's yeah. in Pennsylvania. Oh, how big is that? How big is that? Is that more than uh, five miles across? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Really? Not exactly sure. Yeah, it's a it's a big park, and I've only been in the green trails, which are the outer skirts of it, and mm-hmm. there's tons of trails in the middle, like blacks and reds and blues, which are more difficult. Well, they, so I'm hoping to move up to some blues here shortly. Well, the I guess the blacks and the reds are where the, all the dead bodies are. Yes. Yes. All <laughs> those jeep rollovers too <laughs> yes and the the burned out hulks and everything so yeah uh, so anyway those are my three things i've got going on right now um but it's so cold i don't want to go do anything in the garage right no, now but you you did get the antenna mounted right i mean i thought i yes. saw on your blog where you had mounted the antenna and and i had asked you mounted and the wire the cable is all strung up and it's sitting underneath the passenger seat right now yeah you know actually uh, as just a temper i mean if you mount the antenna properly you can coil up that coax and just kind of keep it out of the way and then whenever you need to use it you can th- plug in that cb and run the coax right. up there to the front of it and uh, tell the kid and the dogs to stay off the coax and, uh, and then i can uh, just take it in and out yeah. and i don't have to worry when the top's down if anyone's going to steal it i don't know how many people steal cbs but well crack makes you do weird things yeah there it's true <laughs> i don't know why anybody would would steal a gps unit anymore because they're so cheap but you know people still steal things i guess you know getting five bucks or something is still five dollars more than you had and you know lord yeah. lord help you if you have to work for it um but uh, yeah it's great now i had asked you i think uh on the, on google plus one of your posts uh how are you going to check your swrs or or what's an swr in reference to your antenna do you remember that right yes i still don't understand <laughs> it but i just go i'll tell you what I'll do t- i need to do with this he's like oh it's fine don't worry about it i'm like okay i'll tell you well see now you can see if he's lying to you uh not a lot of people know about swrs if you've been into cbs for a while you learn it if you're a ham you definitely know what it is and and, and i promise guys this will be a really quick explanation i'm not going to go all tony on you SWR is short for standing wave ratio, and all it is is a ratio between the power going out of the radio and how much power is being reflected back in. When the antenna is not set up properly or it's too close to a piece of metal or several other things, it will reflect the power 
back to your radio, which can damage it. So how you set up the antenna and how you adjust it will affect that uh, forward and reflected RF power. And if you if you don't if you do it wrong, it'll screw up the radio. You, you people won't be able to hear you because it'll burn up the transistors that put out the power. Yeah, somebody else on Google Plus like gave that whole explanation. Uh, well, see, you did know. You just chose not to not to listen. <laughs> that's that's what I do. <laughs> I do what I want to do. All right. So uh, that's enough uh, enough teasing of Tammy. I can see by the look on her face. So. Uh, this is something that was uh, that was fun that uh, teased me today. I, I get a text message from from uh, from my daughter telling me they are uh, at Sam's Club and the ninety nine XJ won't start. So I, yeah, so I call them up and I ask them a few basic questions and uh, I want to know if it's uh, if it you know like if it's trying to start the engine's turning over uh, and, and it can't quite start or maybe the engine's not turning over at all. Uh, what's the voltage say on the meter? Uh, what does the voltage say on the meter whenever you try to start the, the vehicle? And all those things pointed to the neutral safety switch being dirty and not in- engaging properly. Because if the neutral safety switch isn't working, as you guys know, or if you've ever tried to start your vehicle when you're automatic and uh, in drive or reverse, it, the engine won't turn over. It won't let you do it. So I had her uh, move, uh, I had my, uh, my youngest daughter who was driving um, uh, put the, the transmission in neutral and try it. Still didn't work. So I'm talking to her, asking her a few things, and oh, it, all, it started. So that's great. They drive home. Now, you would think that having a problem with the vehicle would be a good indication not to drive it. No, they decided that they were going to go to PetSmart and buy a, a, a cage for uh, a few uh, lovebird baby birds that we have because the parents are getting uh, uh, bitey at them. I think they're trying to have some some more babies, so they they want the babies out of there. So they go out there and start up the ninety nine, drive up to their up to PetSmart, get a cage, come out, get in the ninety nine, won't start. Uh oh. So now I get another message telling me that they're stuck at uh, PetSmart. It won't start. Mom's going to come get us, and I'm thinking. Okay, so who's supposed to get the 99? Is it just staying the night at PetSmart? That's your problem, Dad. No, it's not. Because <laughs> that's, not the way wor- that's not the way the world works, as, as you, I'm sure that you well know. And I said, I, I sent a text message back saying, uh, make it start. Fix it. Do what you need to do to get it home. I figured that they just weren't being uh, aggressive enough in, in moving that uh, uh, transmission lever back and forth and kind of cleaning a spot and getting it to, to start. So um, I went ahead and drove over there to PetSmart uh, on my way home, and they were gone. I got no text message indicating that they got it running. Called her. She says, yeah, we're at home. Great, fine. Stopped, got gas, went home, got out of my 98 XJ, went over there to the 99 XJ, tried to start it, wouldn't start uh, classic uh, neutral safety switch issue. Move the, the transmission selector level back and forth, still wouldn't start. Okay, fine. I'll take out the ASD relay and swap it in for the starter relay because they're all about the same. <clears throat> Excuse me, all about the same. Another common issue when you, don't, when you have a no-start situation with the, the uh, automatic uh, uh, shutdown uh, relay is bad. So swap that out, still wouldn't start started the, the swapped out a couple more still wouldn't start so they were right they they actually got very lucky that it would start 
and uh, they're very lucky they got it back home. I still don't know why they <laughs> they decided to make the trek over to the PetSmart, knowing there was a problem with the with the rig. So I posted up on xgtalk.com asking for uh, for help. You know, with with these symptoms, what do you think it could be? I don't think it's it could still could be the neutral safety switch, but generally speaking, you can move it around and it will it will react in some way to give you an indication that, that that's the problem. So did anyone respond yet? I've gotten a few a uh, few responses. Most of them were uh, were questions uh, and making sure because I had left out some information. Like uh, I, I don't think I actually said the engine wasn't turning over. Uh, so that's that's a critical uh, a critical piece to know that if the engine's not turning over at all, you know that the the starter is not actually engaging. So is it some is it the signal going to the starter or is it the starter? And uh, so I think right now the the consensus is that it is either the the switch in the column uh, or the starter. But I think my idea was the, it was the starter. So we'll have to see what everybody else says. But that's the great thing about posting over on xjtalk.com. When you have a problem, you can uh, get the brain trust involved and they can uh, they can help you out. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you can you can always do a Google search. But, hell, I like asking people that, uh, that know yeah. and they can respond and ask you questions and be a little more specific about the problem that you're having. And Google's not always right. No, it's not. Uh, and it's kind of hard to search. Um, it's... It, 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 Google still doesn't uh, doesn't uh, think like a person yet. So until they can, uh, it can think like a person and say, well, you know, or like a doctor. That's why Google isn't uh, diagnosing problems. I, although I guess uh, WebMD is. Oh, I go to WebMD all the time. <laughs> yeah. I have brain tumors every other day. Well, uh, you're probably not old enough. I used to watch Marcus Welby MD when I was a kid, and it, oh. they they always had. <laughs> A brain tumor, an aneurysm, or whatever, and I'm like nine years old, going, I th- uh, "Mom, I think I got a brain tumor." Because it's just like Marcus Welby, MD, uh-huh. Consuelo, help me. <laughs> so I, th- I think you've watched it. I can see you, you, you nodding. Yes. A lot of people yeah, don't. I, a lot of people don't remember Doctor Kylie. He was a, a, a very popular later, uh, and actually very popular with Barbara Streisand right now. I don't remember the names of everybody. I remember their faces. He was the young doctor that rode the motorcycle. Okay, okay. I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, 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 his his son is uh, has been in a lot of movies recently. I can't remember. Anyway, so enough of that. It's it's not movie news. Uh, no. <laughs> people will be calling in saying it's a cheap podcast. Josh and Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Detours Off-Road Hardware, fabricating for the off-road community for over 15 years. Which mount, which, <laughs> winch mounts, armor, tire carriers, and more. Made in the USA, all original designs. Always innovating, never imitating. God custom, we've got you covered. As always, Detours welcomes the challenge of your, your custom projects. True uh, custom work is a one-off fabrication, big or small. We're proud to be able to get our hands dirty doing it. Think we're too far away for us to help directly with your project? Detours welcomes uh, both local and long-distance projects. So give us a call or email us a photo or a sketch, and we'll see what Detours Off-Road Hardware can do for your project. Meanwhile, take a look at our gallery of custom projects that we've helped others with and check out our complete line of our products for your vehicle at DetourUSA.com or call us direct to discuss your project needs at 606 845 Double zero two four. That's six zero six eight four five double zero two four. And always check us out at DetoursUSA.com. 
So now we got a Jeep tip with uh, Steve 4.3, and this is going to be about something. I don't know. I don't have one in my Jeep, uh, Tammy. Do you have one? Two. So what, what are we talking about? First aid kit. Have you used have, one? Oh, I use it all the time at the swimming pool. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, Bee stings, cuts. So, but I haven't used it on the trails yet. Okay, well, good. You you had me a little worried there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on the trails yet. All right, so let's get over to our uh, our Jeep tips with the Steve four point three LXJ first aid kit. And now for a disclaimer: Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. Today I'd like to talk about something that we never ever talk about, and that's first aid kits. You should always carry one when you're out wheeling particularly if you're going to be gone very far from civilization. Uh, for instance, if I was going to go up the Rubicon Trail, spend the night on the trail, and then reel on into Tahoe, I'd want to be prepared because, uh, let's face it, something happens out there, and uh, that did happen to a friend of mine. He got very seriously hurt when his Jeep rolled. Um, you can be in a world of hurt, as he was. Uh, his hand ended up being messed up forever because of what happened when his Jeep rolled. So first aid kits can be very, very important for us. And I'd like to uh, say that most of the first aid kits that you buy are expensive. They don't have anything in them that you really need. And they're not really designed for emergencies. They're designed to sell lots of products to people that make up first aid kits and put them all in a box for you. So get your box. After you've got your stuff, so you know how big your box you want to get, and then you can uh, go from there. But I'd like to make some recommendations. First is probably the only thing that, one of the only things that I would uh, put in a first aid kit that I was going to take on an extended trip is eye wash. It's convenient. You can use water. doesn't hurt your eyes. It's just a little nicer to have eye wash. But if you don't have it, Good old bottled drinking water works really, really well, and it is used all the time in uh, first aid circles. Now, beyond that, the rest of what I'm going to say is derived from my experience as a paramedic when I was a firefighter. And so, this is what I would take with me if I wanted to cover pretty much all the bases. So, here goes. First of all is hydrogen peroxide. Now, some people have this in their house, a lot of people don't, but it's really dispensable on the trail in a first aid kit. And that's because hydrogen peroxide will take away clotted blood. It makes it boil and so forth. And you uh, end up, after the, the blood is all clotted, you can clean a wound out and then you can close it up with another item that we recommend you carry, and that's some butterfly closures. And it's not as good as stitches, but hey, they work. They've been used for a long time, and uh, sometimes you get one of those instead of stitches when you go to the doctor's office. 
The other thing that I would get is a bottle of betadine. And uh, what this is, is it's an iodine solution. And it's very, very antiseptic. And you can pour it directly into a wound to cleanse it. And if you've got a dirty wound, this is a must. You've got to keep that wound from getting festered and then infected. And uh, if you think that is not the case, uh, one of my uh, guys that I used to work for out in the woods fell on a stick and he uh, got an infection, ended up uh, losing part of his hand over the whole thing because of a, of a puncture wound from a stick. And to this day, they do not know what caused all that damage, but uh, he was in real serious trouble. So you want to be able to clean a wound out, and betadine is uh, what they use in hospitals and doctor's offices. It's great stuff. Pour it in the wound, and uh, it won't hurt you. The other thing that you want to carry is a triple antibiotic ointment. If you've got a minor cut or even a serious cut, and you uh, want to keep it moist, and you want to keep from getting infected, a little triple antibiotic ointment. It's a petroleum jelly with some antibiotics mixed in with it. Put that on there, slap a bandage over it of some kind, and you're all set to go. Now there's two other items I'm going to mention here where I'm going down my list. One is sunscreen. And uh, you may wonder why uh, I would want to put that in my first aid kit, because people forget it. And I'm going to tell you that uh, where I wheel and where a lot of us wheel in high altitude, the sun up there will cook you. It's just a fact, and I'm not a, a global warming alarmist here, but it is a fact that the ultraviolet B rays have increased in the last 30 or 40 years. And uh, it's causing some havoc with nature, and it will cause havoc with your skin. And even though I grew up at 6,000 feet, I'm going to tell you that the sun's brighter now than it used to be. And it will cook you. And even with SPF 50 sunblock, four days in the sun, and you're bright red. So carry some of this stuff. Use it liberally because uh, you're going to need it in high altitude. Now, let's say you get that sunburn and you don't know what to do about it because you hurt. It's ruining your wheeling experience. So the next thing that you want to carry is cortisone cream. Put that on, and it takes the red out of the sunburn and the ouch right out of it. Sunburn is nothing more than an inflammatory response to skin damage. And it's something to let you know that you need to be doing something about this. Well, okay, now that you know you need to be doing something about it because it hurts, you can put some of this cortisone cream on it, and within 30 minutes, all the pain will be gone out of it, and uh, you can put a shirt on, cover up, uh, do something, and so it doesn't get any worse, and uh, continue to enjoy your wheeling trip. Now I'm going to go into uh, bandages and things like that, and uh, one of the things that's my favorite are extra long fabric band-aids, and the only one that I know that makes them anymore is Rite Aid. So these things are great. You can cut your finger, and they've got a regular end on one side, and the other end is like three or four times as long and you can wrap it all the way around your finger and they're flexible and it's the only band-aid that I can put on my finger that does not come off while I'm working during the day and you can put it over a knuckle they stretch 
and they'll stay on, and uh, they're really great. But the only place that I found I can get them anymore, and believe me, I look because I like these things, is Rite Aid. So uh, if you uh, get them, get them while you can. Stock up. I bought two boxes last time. The other thing that's kind of important nowadays, and it's one of the things that uh, we can thank the U.S. military for, it's called wound seal. If you've got a, a serious wound, or if you're like me, you're a borderline bleeder, this stuff is great. You can pour it in a wound. Yeah, it burns, but uh, it will stop the bleeding because it'll make the blood instantly coagulate. Good stuff, and uh, you want to keep all the red inside of you. That's where it does the most good. Once it gets outside, it's not doing you a bit of good anymore. Also, you want to carry some 3x4 sterile pads, minimum size. You can carry larger ones if you want, but minimum 3x4. I prefer the non-stick ones. And uh, if you've got a wound and it's bleeding, um, put one of these things on and wrap it up. It'll keep the uh, all the garbage out and you can finish your wheeling trip. Or it can just keep you from getting infected if you've followed all the steps that we've uh, talked about. These 3x4 sterile pads are great. You can use more than one. Doesn't mean you have to have one that's three feet long. You can always use two or three or four of them and uh, wrap them up. So the other thing that is also handy, and uh, you guys are going to laugh, but uh, Kotex, this stuff's very absorbent. It soaks up blood. It doesn't stick. So uh, if you've got a serious wound and uh, so forth, you can put Kotex on it, wrap it up, and... When they peel that off at the hospital, guess what? Doesn't look too bad. Not too much blood there for them to clean up, and it doesn't stick to you. So, man up. Have your wife go get a box for you. And uh, put some in your first aid kit. Next item that is uh, on my list is they've got really great tape nowadays. It used to be you had white tape. That's all you had. And you can throw in an elastic bandage if you want. We used to call them ace bandages. Uh, sometimes they're called athletic wraps. I don't know. You can. But anyway, they don't have any sticky on them. They have tape nowadays that have a small amount of stickum on one side, and it's stretchy. And you can uh, wrap a, uh, an arm or a leg or whatever with that stuff, and it will uh, conform to whatever uh, surface it is because it is stretchy. And the other thing that's nice about it is if you do have a wound that is bleeding or you've pretty much stopped it and it's still oozing and uh, lymphatic fluid or whatever, uh, you can use that stretch to your advantage by putting a little tension on it. That doesn't mean that you stick your foot on it and try to pull for all you're worth, but it means that you put a little tension on it and then wrap it and that will produce a constant pressure on a wound that is the main way that you stop bleeding in someone is by putting direct pressure on it. And this will do it for you. And I've used it that way on myself, drove myself to the hospital, and, uh, and I had some real bleeding going on. I'd cut two or three veins in the back of my hand and uh, stopped the bleeding that way. And I want to tell you, I was bleeding for a fact. So uh, it works well that way. It works good when you uh, finally get ready to uh, dress the wound. And uh, 
in a pinch you can use it as an ace bandage if you have to uh, if you get a sprain or anything like that and the last thing I, I want to caution you a little bit about this is painkillers uh, if you got a little extra Vicodin or something like that you might throw a little bit in the first aid kit uh, if you get a serious injury on the trail and I'm thinking about fractures here and that can happen uh, painkillers are not a bad thing uh, you know if if you can't get a helicopter to transport someone out because you don't have any phone service and that's uh, the situation a lot of the time and uh, Tony would advocate ham radios here but not all of us have ham radios either so uh, if anybody has a fracture they're going to want to have some comfort and a little Vicodin or something like that is not a bad thing to have doesn't mean you're supposed to abuse it or try to drive with it unless you absolutely had to or anything like that but for someone uh, laying in the back of a rig with a, a fracture um, this can be a good thing of course I suppose a lot of us would carry enough beer for that purpose but uh, at any rate uh, one thing you need to be uh, cognizant of on that is that if anybody has a head injury not to use any painkillers with aspirin in them because uh, aspirin thins the blood it can make it if you have an internal hemorrhage inside of your head uh, can make it hemorrhage more it's bad for you so uh, I would stay away from aspirin products if you could so that kind of rounds it up obviously there's more you could put in there you can put enough in there to where okay I'm a rolling uh, in a medical clinic but I don't think that is what we really need to do these things that I've outlined would allow you to deal with probably 99% of the injuries you're ever going to see on the trail and uh, it would allow you to uh, take care of someone and finish the run and uh, we all want to have a good time that's what's important and if uh, we can uh, fix things so that if there's a serious wound that somebody can be uh, doctored up and we can get them out in one piece and in as much comfort as possible uh, that's the name of the game and uh, even so that person would probably still say I had fun at the end of the day <laughs> so I urge you to put your first aid kit together get all your stuff then get your box and uh, it should be part of your uh, itinerary, just like your recovery gear, whenever you go out wheeling uh, more than just a few miles off the road. Hey folks, I'm Clyde and this is Tommy. From the Pops Boys Horror House. You're listening to the XJ Talk Show with Tony and Josh. Cheers! <laughs> and again, thanks guys for that uh, for that little, that uh, little really promo. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. I, and uh, it was completely a completely a complete surprise too, and I got to share it with a, a few people after after getting it, and uh, everybody had a great laugh at it. Uh, again, thanks very much for that, guys. It was uh, it's wonderful. You'll be seeing that on a a lot of shows, especially now that I got it up on the board. It's uh, it'll be really easy to go to whenever I'm uh, fumbling for something. <laughs> um, you know, when he was talking the first aid stuff about using the Kotex for. Stopping mm -hmm. the blood. Right. A police officer in Charleston, South Carolina, when I lived there, actually um, did that and saved somebody's life. There was a shooting at, um, I think it was a Kmart, many, many years ago. Well, I, I'm going to go back to the movie. 
Yeah, I'm going to go back to the movie thing. I, I saw a movie, uh, Freebie and the Bean, and I uh, had never thought about it before, but uh, uh, I think it was Freebie got shot in, in, the, in the woman's uh, restroom. And he went over there and broke open the little tampon uh, thing and started stuffing him in the, the shoulder wound that he had. And I thought, hey, you know, that's not a bad idea. Had <laughs> <laughs> never thought about it before. So uh, now we want to get over to our reviews. Uh, Tammy, I don't know about you, but I love, uh, well, good reviews. The You Sucks, I, I'm not so happy about, but I appreciate the criticism. <laughs> so Makes makes you, a, you know, negative haters makes you be a star. You exactly. Haters. Yeah, and speaking of stars, uh, we have two iTunes reviews here, and uh, this one uh, says "Great Show" uh, by Northern Jeeper, and he gives us, of course, five stars. Uh, with Tammy joining us here, we're probably going to get six stars. So uh, uh, <laughs> this is the you first might drop a star or two here. <laughs> Don't be a negative Nelly. Uh, this is the first podcast I've listened to, and I'm hooked. I'm going back and downloading past podcasts and the 4x4 podcast. I even even subscribed to your YouTube channel. Well, uh, Northern Jeeper, thanks very, very much. And thank you for taking the time to uh, give us that great iTunes review. And actually, Northern Jeeper just started following me on, I think, Twitter. Um, And here's another one, Tony. So much fun by Joe Safety on January 28th. Another five stars. You guys make me laugh. I am always happy to see my iPod has a new episode when you guys put another one up. From the fireside chat to the phone calls, I really enjoy it all. I was really happy to hear somebody mentioning the fireside chat. I always thought it was it's funny because, you know, we're acting like we're camp, around a campfire and I pull up in the Jeep and sometimes Josh forgets and he starts talking to me. And, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even there yet, Josh. You know, get in character, man. What's wrong? So uh, anyway, it's it's great to hear uh, somebody that uh, that does enjoy that. We love hearing from you guys. <laughs> Kevin uh, says in the chat room, uh, fire, peeing on fire. We used to do that in Boy Scouts, just driving the uh, the other uh, uh, scouts nuts. Uh, it's it's horrible. It's a horrible smell, Tammy. I don't know if uh, I don't no, guess they do I've- that in Girl Scouts. Well, I went to summer camp with my son's Boy Scout group mm. two years ago for a week. I was the only um, female in the camp. I don't remember any of them peeing in the. Well, they were probably afraid because you were there. Yeah, I was. Of course, this is this is back a number of years ago before politically correct. So there was all kinds right. of things that we did as boys. So anyway. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4. 4x4 Radio Network podcast. All right, so now we get to get to the the good stuff, and uh, well, Tammy, I'm gonna let you tell people about this. Well, I have been banned from going to the Jeep dealer. Um, <laughs> well, you've got you've been there enough, young lady. <laughs> yes. Um, so here's my part five of evolution of a Jeep Mama. This is kind of my final part of how I got to um, my current Jeep. Um, Without further ado, here's Wrangler Talk with Jeep Mama. Now, when you say final part, you were, you're not done oh, with no, a- I'm not done. No, this is the, my evolution of a Jeep Mama. Okay. So this is how I got from Jeep, no, actually how I got from Minivan Mom to, I guess I'm Ruby Mom now, some people call me, Rubicon Mom. Oh, that sounds good. Ruby so Mom, the, much better than yeah. Minivan Mom. Yeah, so my evolution from Minivan Mom to a Rubicon Mom. Gotcha. Okay, let's hear this. Hey, thanks, Tony and Josh. I hope you guys had a great weekend this past weekend, because I sure did. I took my 2015 Rubicon 
out to Roush Creek to go trail riding. It was quite an experience because this was the first time I went off-roading in the snow and ice. It's a very different experience because the snow compacts into the crevices of the rocks, so it's not as difficult, I don't think anyway, to trail over the rocks. But the hard part is the fishtailing that my Rubicon was doing. You know, you think you're going to go over a certain way and then you're back in fishtails. Uh, the other part that scared me was the slipperiness of the trails as you were creeping along the sides of sinkholes. Roush Creek is designed in a coal, old coal mine, so there's a lot of sinkholes that are quite deep, and I was very afraid of slipping and rolling over into these sinkholes, but it never happened. So it was a good experience to go trail riding in the snow and ice my first time, and I look forward to many more of those experiences. But some of you are probably wondering why she's talking about a 2015 Rubicon. I thought she had a Sahara. So let me just explain to you how I ended up with the Rubicon. Now, as you know, last week I talked about my bumper install and my rock slider install, and I wanted to mod the Jeep, and I started off-roading, and I was looking to do more to my Sahara. I wanted to lift it. I wanted bigger tires. But the more I put the questions out there to fellow Jeepers, they would explain to me about the different axles, the gear ratio that you needed if you got bigger tires, and the transfer case. They were telling me about the transfer case of the Rubicon. And I was like, God, I just don't think I can build my Sahara like that. I just don't have the skill set to do that. And it would be very expensive. I don't have a job. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And we're on quite a tight budget. So, And I can only sell so many Legos. By the way, I was selling my kids' Legos to get Jeep parts, which they agreed to sell, and we split the money. Um, so anyway, I was really struggling because I wanted to have more capabilities off-roading than my Sahara was giving me, but I didn't have the skill set to make those modifications. I didn't have the money to make those modifications, and it was quite a struggle on what to do. And I researched it and asked lots of questions. I also needed to keep in mind that my vehicle is also my daily driver, and I struggled quite a bit. So I kind of put all that on the back burner because it was just too much for me to handle right at that moment. And so I started deciding that maybe I should just add some accents to my Jeep, you know, try to make it more unique that way. So, you know, my favorite color is purple. So I started Googling purple Jeeps, purple Jeep accessories, and I came across this Jeep that's called the Baltimore Ravens Jeep, and it was on display at Adams Jeep in Maryland. It's up in Aberdeen, Maryland, and it had purple grill inserts. It had purple um, headlight covers and some other purple stuff. So I called them up and I said, hey, how do I get this purple on my Jeep? And he said, you know, this is what we do. And I said, well, I would like that. And he's like, well, you need to come up and pick out your color. So I hopped in my Sahara and drove up there. And they have this Extreme Motorsports, um, I think it's called Extreme Motorsports Garage, where they lift Jeeps and they sell these lifted Jeeps. And they have different styles that they do. And it's pretty cool. There's tons of them there. They're lifting trucks now, by the way. So anyway... As I'm in the showroom, there's this huge Jeep, lifted, huge tires, and he's, the guy asked me, hey, so what can I do for you? And I said, hey, can I have that Jeep? And he just looked at me and laughed. 
Well, one of the salesmen heard me, and obviously he latched right on to me and basically said, you know what, I can get you a Rubicon for, the, for your Sahara, pretty even trade. And I'm like, yeah, right. He took me out for a couple of um, rides in some of the Rubicons, and, you know, I was hooked back when I went to Nemecolon. So anyway, I got home, and I told my husband, this salesman can pretty much trade even. So we drove up there. I don't think my husband thought that this guy could really do it, but he did, and the next thing you know, on Halloween of 2014, I traded in my 2013 Sahara for a Rubicon. And the main reason was for the both the Dana 44s on the Rubicon. The Sahara only had a front Dana 44. The Rubicon also had the 4-to-1 transfer case. The Sahara did not. The Rubicon also has two magic buttons, as I like to call them. The sway bar disconnect button, it's an electronic sway bar disconnect button. When I'm in four low, I just push the button and my sway bars disconnect. And I also have the axle lock button, which, by the way, I have not used yet. And I think some people say I should use it all the time, some people don't. But other things that the Rubicon had was the Rubicon stock tires. They are more all-terrain tires. And I love the sound and the feel of the tires on the highway. I can't even begin to explain. It's just a different feel. So anyway, I ended up buying a black 2015 brand new 19 miles um, Rubicon. Pretty even trade for the Sahara. And right now the Sahara, my old Sahara, is still for sale up at Adam's Jeep. And you would not believe it is listed for more than what I bought it for. Uh, it, it just floors me the how you can trade in your vehicle and they can sell it for more than what you bought it for. But I guess that's how popular Wranglers are right now. But we'll see if it sells or if they lower it. So anyway, I've got a brand new 2015 Rubicon and I love it. And I can tell a difference immediately. It just feels more powerful and stronger and it pulls itself across the rocks better, and I'm looking forward to more off-roading in the Rubicon. I've only gone twice in the Rubicon since I've had her, but it's a great experience, and who knew that I go up to buy purple grill inserts for $70, and I come home with a brand new Rubicon, and my husband has banned me from any more Jeep dealerships. I'm not allowed to go but I don't know how much more upgrading I can do. But at Adam's Jeep, you can do a lot more upgrading because they have different modified Jeeps there for sale. So anyway, that's my story on how I went from a Sahara to a Rubicon. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week, and I'll see you guys in the chat room. Well, guys, that's our show. We really appreciate it. And uh, again, thanks very much to uh, Tammy for being here with us tonight and filling in for Josh. And uh, everybody needs to uh, reach out, send uh, condolences to Josh on uh, his uh, laptop issues. His laptop. laptop, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I personally think it's just a ground loop problem that he just hasn't tried hard enough to find yet. I'm giving him a hard time. He spent about uh, six hours yesterday after work, I think, total. Uh, trying to find the problem so uh, I, I really enjoy uh, giving him a hard time I really enjoy giving everybody a hard time <laughs> but uh, we can take it we're tough 
That's right. He's a jeeper. So <laughs> anyway, uh, don't uh, don't forget if you have an off-road a show and shine uh, event or anything that's related to Jeeps that you'd like to spread the word about, you can give us a call or an email uh, at the same place you would uh, do Jeep News Story at News Tips at xjtalkshow.com. And of course, of course, you can just do your own promo by calling into our 24 by 7 uh, voicemail line. And if I can pull it up here in time, I'll tell you it's 530-675-4102. Just call the number 530-675-4102. Nobody, excuse me, nobody will answer the phone. It is 24 by 7, voicemail, all voicemail, all the time. Just call in and leave us a message and uh, tell us. I think you get about three minutes to tell us about uh, what's going to be on there. So just uh, take the time to do that, and we'd really appreciate it. And uh, don't forget about uh, JeepMama.com. Actually, I'll let her tell you about it. Um, my blog is www.JeepMama.com, and you can check it out and find out my whole story there. It's a never-ending saga, too. Uh, how long have you had your blog going, Tammy? Um, since June of... 2013. Okay, so it's fairly recent. Uh, you do a lot of blogging on that thing, so you guys should check that out. And uh, great tips on how to do things, uh, not only to a, a Jeep Wrangler, a JK, a, a Rubicon now, but also to uh, mini Jeeps, because uh, I think we all do pretty much the same thing. As long as a Jeep, it's a Jeep, it makes it okay. Yep. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, thanks, and you guys have a great Jeep week. <laughs>